Let's kick off another episode of the World Series of Politics podcast, where Brendan Bussman and Brant Iden march down the field on key political, legislative, and regulatory developments in the gaming sector. As these titans square off on the issues facing the industry, this podcast highlights the current opportunities and challenges for expansion and reform. Let's see what the game plan is for this episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome back to another World Series of Politics podcast, where I'm your host, Brant Iden, along with my good friend, a world traveler. He's always somewhere new, Brendan Bussman. Brendan, great to be on with you. It's great to be back as your co-host, and uh, the dynamic duo is back. Uh, not just betting on policy, but actually enacting policy and getting it done across the world. So we, uh, that is exactly what we're doing. And we have been, I tell you what, we have been busy. Yeah. We've been, we've had a number of trade shows recently, just got back from New York. Uh, good to see you there. It's always good to catch up in person, but man, we've got a heck of a show. We've got a lot going on, but I just want to briefly follow up because our last show was on Brazil. We've had some updates in Brazil. Brendan, what's going on? Well, first and foremost, we can't thank Hugo enough for being on and I can't wait to bring him back. And obviously with everything going on there, you know, we'll probably bring him back sooner rather than later and the feedback we've gotten from, you know, our, our, our loyal listeners. Um, but, you know, things have sort of taken a different path. Uh, you know, we thought this was, I'm not going to say a slam dunk because nothing's ever a slam dunk. Uh, but we saw a clear path forward, and now it's looking like it might navigate to a bill. We'll see how this looks. IRs might get bad, added back in. It's sort of the whole debate over again. So while we thought things were on a clear path to try to figure out the way forward off of this, specifically with sports betting, um, I, I would say as, as it's as clear as mud uh, in being able to do this. And, and we'll bring Hugo back once things hopefully shake out a little bit. Uh, but it's definitely a part of the world we're still following, a part of the world we know well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep plugging away and talking about it on this and, uh, you know, publicly and, and talking privately with our friends and colleagues. Well, the one thing I know about gaming legislation is it never comes easy. That is for sure. So it is not surprising to me that with a new administration, they're, they're running into some hurdles. It's just the way it goes. Uh, and so I'm going to pivot with that. I'm going to pivot to the U.S. where we've well, run well, into some. Before we pivot, I think we also got to talk about you know, you talk about New York. That was a great interview uh, with Matt King. And obviously, I know you're you're close and, and uh, part of that uh, ecosystem. But, you know, I, I, I want to give a shout out to that just to mention for those of us that haven't. It's worth going back and, and, and following here uh, and, and getting into that interview. So well, I, yeah, I apologize. I, I, I should meant to interrupt at the beginning, but I think no, it's important. no, no. I I do appreciate you throwing that in there. It was a fantastic interview. Uh, obviously, some exciting things uh, coming out of Fanatics, and so uh, catch up on the interview and catch up on all the latest and greatest. But uh, I'm gonna we're, we're now I'm gonna pivot to the states. How's that sound? Let's, let's, that's a great segue into talking about what's going on in the U.S. So Missouri, let's start there. Obviously, we have talked a lot about Missouri. Um, yep. Missouri has been uh, just honestly uh, an uphill battle and a headache for the better part of, well, now this is year five. So since obviously um, year after year, uh, since the repeal passed, but we have seen um, 
just one basically senator stand in the way. And I think that that's where we're at. You know, you know me, I, I've tried to be sort of uh, nice about about this being a Senate issue. But really, I think what we've seen is that Senator Hoskins was the one that just really uh, uh, sent the bill to its demise again this year. Well, you know, you sit there and you look at Missouri and Missouri at this point basically is debating about this since the repeal of PASPA. And I say that from the standpoint of we're five years in and we still don't have a solution. And I know you're being kind about Senator Hoskins. I refer to it as the Hoskins hijack, as you well know, because he and his his loyal band of, of merry men uh, continue to put the filibuster. And, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating for change in process because I am a very much procedural allowing those types of things still in process over what that looks like. But this is a guy that claims to be an advocate has failed to be an advocate, and clearly has a message from not only the House, but most of his colleagues that you're just obstinate and a royal pain in the you-know-what. You know, he tried to cover it at the end of session saying, well, I was about property tax relief. I was about education. Well, maybe if you hadn't filibustered and read the Reagan biography and Star Wars, maybe you actually would have gotten to some of that stuff, Senator, if you actually were about the business of the people. But you're not. You're about the business of your mom and trying to get VGTs done. So to that extent, quit hijacking the bill. Let's get a solution done in 24 and figure out a way. And I will just say, because I know you're going to bring it up, it did probably cost me a bottle of wine, contingent on what happens here in North Carolina. But I'm going to go back to Senator Hoskins and at least ask his campaign to see if they'd pay for it. <laughs> I Well, I appreciate the creativity there. I was not going to mention my bottle of Pinot until we start talking about uh, North Carolina. But yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, the... the I, I do agree with that. I mean, the issue has been and continues to be the senator uh, is just real focused on the issue of VGTs. VGTs does not have the support. We've seen that. They put it up for a vote. It's failed. Um, VGTs d do not have legislative support to go anywhere. And yet again, this issue has once again, unfortunately, derailed sports betting in the state. Uh, Kansas is going to have another great year uh, thanks to this. Um, so maybe the people of Kansas send uh, send Senator Hoskins a, a gift basket this year and, and and say thank you for bringing all that tax revenue into Kansas. I, I think I just know that I hope to God that Senator Hoskins gave a great gift to his mom on Mother's Day right after the session ended because he did it all for her. So, you know, the people of Kansas, the people of Iowa, the people of Arkansas, all of them need to send, you know, continue. Maybe there's maybe they need to send campaign contributions to Senator Hoskins too while we're at it. I'll just be his fundraiser. You know, he's given the gift that gives us all this opportunity to talk about that. But enough about a guy that can't get it across the finish line. Fair enough. But let's move to another state where we've just recently ran into some issues. I'm gonna go north and I'm gonna go to Minnesota disappointing results in Minnesota. We talked a lot about that state this year. We obviously knew that with um, the the DFL party controlling all three branches, close relationships with the tribes, there was uh, a lot of talk at the beginning of the year that Minnesota was going to be one of the states to be able to get this done. I will tell you that I had, I, I would have told you as a gambling man that Minnesota would have been there. Whenever you get, uh, you know, one party controlling all three branches, usually you get alignment. 
I think what happened here, in my opinion, is that, you know, the party came in uh, with control of all three branches and they just had a lot of other priorities. And I think that those new priorities for the state mixed with some trepidation, perhaps from some of the tribes still uh, not all of them yet on board, I think, with with the proposal, I think probably led again to the bill's demise there. Thoughts? Well, you know, I'm disappointed in where things are in Minnesota. I thought we'd be at a point where we're sitting here worrying like we are about Kentucky of how quickly we can get this done and and whether or not we're going to be live for for uh, you know the NFL season. Um, and and obviously that didn't occur. Uh, didn't occur for a host of reasons. And I know obviously Minnesota would have been a longer process because you got compacts that have to get approved and and all of those sorts of things. So it would have been a longer process, but. You know, it, it's disappointing because this was one that we, we we both had in the win column, we thought, for this year. Um, and, you know, there was good consensus amongst the tribes. Yes, it did came down to the tracks in the end, partially that, uh, you know, weren't in a position to make a deal uh, because of, of a level of subsidy that they continue to want uh, to support their, their paramutual activities. Um, but, you know, let's see what we can regroup in the uh, off-session um, and, you know, now that the speaker's probably back from her reunion at Harvard, we can get back to the people's business. Well, I do think there's going to be a lot of conversation in the summer about what this looks like. Uh, I do know that leadership, as you mentioned, I think is still interested in the issue. Um, but here's what I do know in my experience with this is that anything that is hard in a non-election year is always 10 times more difficult in an election year. And coming Absolutely. into an election year from the House next year. I, you know, the Senate isn't up, but the House is. What does that change? Do you lose some votes? I mean, it was already difficult to get that through, to get the issue through the House to begin with. Well, I shouldn't say that to get it through the committee process. It never, the bill never did come out of the full House. Uh, we were working the bills simultaneously in the House and in the Senate. Uh, both bills working their way through the committee process, but those committees were not unanimous. There was a lot of contention. There was a lot of debates in each of those committees. Do you lose votes in an election year? I think it may slow the process down. I'm not as confident it gets done, unfortunately, in next year because of that issue. But I do think it definitely sets itself up for, for 2025. No, and, and I would agree with you off that. Obviously, no penal on the line here when I say this uh, in general. Not but on this one. I would, not on this one. Uh, I, I say this in, in general is that I would agree with you off of that. To that same extent, could some legislator out there that's lost their election because they voted for gaming please step forward? Because I'm yet to find them. And I know that goes to another state that I know we're going to talk about in Texas. Uh, and obviously, we didn't get done there. But thanks to you, we did actually make some historic movements in the House this year uh, off of that. But as we close out Minnesota, just in general, you know, election years are a lot tougher because there is that stigma attached to that. Although I've yet to find anything where somebody lost because they said, hey, I voted for sports betting or, hey, I voted for casinos uh, to be able to do that. So, you know, it, it's time to just get this done and across the finish line. And, and hopefully leadership has that in the agenda for next year. Yeah, I and and I do echo your sentiments. I've not seen anyone ever lose an election over the issue, but as we know, this just comes up in election year politics. So you you brought up a big state. I guess I'm moving through them. Maybe uh, I don't know. I guess are we alphabetically? No, because we have to talk about North Carolina. Let's go to Texas though. Texas is fun to talk about. <laughs> 
appreciate it. Uh, Texas, uh, obviously historic movement in Texas. Thank you for the shout out there. Uh, you know, Texas, very, very difficult. We knew it was going to be difficult. We obviously had Governor Perry on early in the year talking about, you know, his thoughts on it. And, and to, to a certain extent, he was right in a lot of ways and then wrong in some. And that's just the way sometimes this goes, right? We had a situation where the bill came out of the House, um, you know, again, historic bipartisan support for that bill, being able to reach the 100 plus threshold to be able to get that on the ballot. But the question always remained, what was what were they going to do with the bill once it got to the Senate? And I think that, you know, the lieutenant governor, Patrick there, he, he's got some strong feelings about the issue. Uh, more education is certainly required in the Senate. And I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, the Senate just wasn't ready to, to, to take a swing at this pitch. Well, and I think you're absolutely right on that. And, and, I, and I will add to that, you know, we, we can't just solely talk about sports betting, even though it did get, you know, a, a passage in the House on, on the casino side. While they ended up a few votes short and it never got, you know, to that level, there's tremendous support, at least from a majority, not not the two thirds required to to get that across the finish line with with casinos. So, you know, after as a guy that started on that process, you know, back in 07, uh, and I know I'm dating myself when I say that, uh, you know, it's good to see that both majors are finally moving there. And obviously, I think, you know, the key thing that both of us continue to reiterate is education is the key off of all that and being able to continually do that and advocate that in various ways, both for sports and for casino gaming. You know, we'll see what happens in 2025. Obviously, a lot of the same stakeholders are there, but there will be some new stakeholders and see if we can get a few more votes on both sides of the aisle. Well, you're you're correct. And I will tell you, there's the one thing we know to be certain is that even though the legislature uh, only meets every other year, there will be a lot of activity again in Texas in 2024. There'll be a lot of what we call the off season, and it will come down to that education piece. And we're going to have a lot of conversations about this. The industry folks, obviously, again, talking about both issues, statewide mobile sports, as well as, you know, the, the, the resorts piece. Uh, this is a major conversation. Texas, obviously, uh, is going to continue to be huge. And I do believe, and I, I believe this to be true, that Governor Perry said, we will eventually get there. I, I appreciated his optimism for, for thinking it was going to be this year. Uh, I was with him. Uh, but I, I, it will, you know, I do believe that Texas will eventually get there on the issue. It's just going to take us a little bit longer. And if 2025 is the year, then, then I look forward to 2025. No, no, no. I, I'm hoping it's 2025 and not 2027 because... Otherwise, we're in a scenario like, uh, you know, I was having the conversation the other day of it's by the time a casino opens up in Japan, it'll be 30 years since they actually started the process. You know, if you look at Texas and casinos, we could be at 20 plus. Uh, so, you know, you, you hope for a quicker turnaround. On yeah, these things, sometimes you don't get there. So, you know, well, it is what it is. I agree. Well, we're running up against the shot clock, but I did want to cover one more state with uh, because of that famous bottle of Pinot Noir that sits on the line now with the with what I would say is the final state in the mix for the year. This is North Carolina. They are still in session. 
Uh, North Carolina has this, you know, it's, it's a little funky because they don't really have a set adjournment date. However, we know that they usually go up until the end of June-ish, give or take. So, you know, we've got time there in North Carolina. This issue I know is coming up and I know we're always a little bit behind in the recordings uh, in terms of when these get broadcast. But we do know that tomorrow there'll be a committee hearing. I believe that that will carry over into next week as well. Uh, a committee process of about three committees in the Senate. The bill has to go through before it hits the floor. I anticipate we're going to see some substantive changes there with the bill, uh, of which it may have to go back to the House for concurrence at which point in time. But I remain optimistic that the House and Senate seem to have a desire to get this done. And, and conversations even recently by uh, Senate leadership has shown that that they're willing to take this issue on. And I believe this is going to be the year in North Carolina. Well, and, and I would concur with that. And I say that even though I know I have a bottle of Pinot on the line, but as you well articulated a couple of weeks ago, I based my bet off of a timing thing, not necessarily, not necessarily because as you well know, I've been two and oh the last two years because I said it wasn't going to get done in North Carolina. I do believe it does get done this year. So third time is a charm off of that. You know, we would be remiss in not mentioning that VGTs are also part of the conversation yet to be how that all gets shaken out uh, and what that means in things. But there's definitely a push to do you know, some other form of expanded gaming besides sports betting, mobile sports betting, um, as part of that. So, you know, lots of conversations in North Carolina. I think we get there. It's definitely a state to follow. Uh, it likely will be the last win that we have this year uh, over everything. And I say that being that remiss of we did actually have Vermont, but, you know, we, we didn't mention that. But it's a smaller state that, you know, sort of fills in the gap in that Northeast. But, you know, North Carolina gets there. Let's see how far they get there, both with sports and with VGTs. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. I think this is going to be the year. I think that may close it out legislatively for us. But, um, you know, stay updated. I obviously will be on the ground for any of you listeners in North Carolina. You can find me at the Capitol next week. So I will be around. Uh, Brendan, always great catching up. Uh, and let's see, do we have anything? We've got some other episodes to push. We've got some exciting guests coming up. We've got a lot more topics to cover. We'll obviously recap North Carolina. Once we see what happens there, we've got some world politics to cover. So even though in the U S legislatively things are wrapping up, the show remains exciting and always great catching up with you, my friend. No, absolutely. And we look forward to, I don't, you know, I want our listeners to know, uh, obviously there's this uh, little white paper that's come out in the UK. We've got a special guest for we're working on, and that's going to be in one of our upcoming episodes. And while I'll miss you next week in in uh, in North Carolina, I, I've got a trip to Puerto Rico and and the UAE in between. So uh, you know we're we're traveling the globe amongst all of us. So look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And uh, thank you all for listening. And please make sure and uh, look on uh, the iGaming Business website for that interview we talked about earlier. Uh, and keep listening to the World Series of Politics. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brent Ike. We'll be back soon for the next coin flip. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.